Hey, and welcome to Epistle, a devotional podcast that goes through the New Testament one book at a time. Hey, everybody, grab your Bibles and turn to chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians as we begin in verse 1. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. For I am the least of the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me, and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message you have already believed. Chapter 15 shows uh, the beginning of Paul's rather long section in this letter about the resurrection and what that means for Christians. And he begins, before he even starts really getting into the resurrection, by recapping the message that he preached to the Corinthians. And it's the same message that you will see proclaimed by all of the apostles and all of the believers throughout the book of Acts. It's what he's focused on in Romans, and it's what he has been focusing on all throughout the book. The reason for why Christians should behave the way that God asks and instructs and why it's beneficial for us to forsake our own interest and to uh, remove sin from our midst and to live lives that are properly focused and honoring to him and that we keep this gospel in the center of our focus as we live our lives as Christians. This is what should be focused on. This is what should be proclaimed. And it really drives home again the point of why the Bible is trustworthy. Because if the Bible isn't true on what it says about Jesus, especially, we can and we should ignore it. So all of this kind of boils down to the how do we know that the testimony we've heard about Jesus is true, especially uh, important question for us to grapple with today, because we have never physically seen Jesus. All we have is the accounts of people who have been passed on through the Bible and even through the personal testimonies of the other believers that are in the world today. How do we know that the Bible is true? Well, for starters, we take a look at the prophecies that are being fulfilled all throughout scripture, as Jesus fulfills everything that was ever written about him, that is a good place to start. That all of these prophecies came true. The statistical improbability is just staggering for even a handful of these prophecies to come true, uh, written hundreds of years before they even take place. And yet here they all line up and they are all fulfilled in the person of Jesus, which is pretty cool to take a look at. But above and beyond that, as if that weren't enough, here's a record of eyewitness accounts that all line up. Ask the disciples. Ask this crowd of 500 who saw Jesus. Ask me. This is what Paul is encouraging the Corinthians to do. 
is that Jesus appeared after he was dead, after he had been risen from the dead, he appeared to all of these people. And all of these people are sharing their testimonies of, we saw Jesus, we saw him arrested, and we saw him hang on the cross. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And you can go, and Paul is encouraging them, go ahead, find any of these disciples, find any of the people that were in the crowd, even even though some of them have died, there's still plenty who are around who will verify the same message. They are not going to lie. They are going to tell you the truth. This is not something that all of this sheer number of people are going to make up and get away with trying to deceive people throughout the centuries. Eventually, the lie would crack and it would fall apart if this were anything made by man. But here, Paul is saying, this is the testimony of Jesus. And we know that it is true. And it has endured and it has given life and hope to the people of God for centuries. And this is what the Old Testament writers and the apostles and the prophets and the servants of God were looking for uh, back in the Old Testament. This is what the apostles are recognizing and teaching in the New Testament as we look at each of these verses throughout all of these episodes. And it brings us back to the fact that Paul endures so much for this gospel kind of calls us back to what Jesus instructs to Ananias when he tells him to go and baptize Paul and to, <laughs> to, to baptize him in Acts chapter 9. Jesus shows Paul how much he is going to suffer for the gospel. And as Ananias comes and baptizes Paul, you see the scales from, fall from his eyes and Paul begins to preach the gospel immediately. Paul acknowledges the fact that he is in the middle of suffering. And he even says, like, I am the very least of the apostles. Why? Because I was the one who was the most active in persecuting the church. And yet, Jesus caused my life to go into a U-turn, and here I am. He is in the middle of suffering even as he writes this. What is Paul's attitude in this letter? You'll notice that it's not the, okay, Jesus, I get it. I wish the suffering would stop. I've learned my lesson. Can we get on with this? His attitude is that I acknowledge that what I was doing was wrong. I suffer for the name of Jesus, and I'm okay enduring that suffering because Jesus is greater than the suffering that I am going through right now. And he will get more into the detail in the next letter to the Corinthians just how much he has suffered for the name of Jesus. And we'll get there. Believe me, we'll get there. But as we sit at the forefront of Paul talking and teaching about the resurrection of Jesus and what that means for our own resurrection as his disciples, why do you suppose that Paul takes the time to remind the Corinthians of what he has preached to them? Thanks for listening to Epistle. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram page at E underscore Pistle. You can find all of the episodes for this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.